Hey everyone and welcome to the Atomic Cinema Experiment, aka the Ace, our science fiction movie podcast, where we talk about movies every week. Uh, I'm Peter, by the way, and joining me is Tara. <laughs> Greetings, citizens. <laughs> and in this episode, because a new entry in the franchise is about to come out soon, we thought we would revisit the original Men in Black from 1997. We will start spoiler-free as we always do. We'll give you a warning before we get to spoilers, and that's what we're going to do. Uh, also worth mentioning, at the end of the show, we have a bonus section where we, we talk about uh, an episode of Mystery Science Theater 3000, and the episode we watched this week together was... Manos, the hands of fate. So you didn't say that with enough tears in your eyes. <laughs> I think there was enough <laughs> apprehension in my voice. Also, can I just point out how weird it is? How, like, what world did we like create for ourselves where we're doing an episode of a show that talks about Men in Black and Manos, the hands of fate, as a double feature? Like, how did that happen? <laughs> I, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. You can't. You can't replicate that though it's magic that's that's i mean i blame you more than anyone oh you're blame me <laughs> i blame I you i thought you're gonna thank me <laughs> <laughs> blame thank you know i mean same thing in this case same thing it's it's, it's a love-hate relationship all right it's a love-hate mm -hmm. relationship with some of these bad movies uh so <laughs> yeah so men in black men in black 1997 i was eight years old when this came out which meant it was the coolest thing to me at the oh, time, yeah. right? Uh, you would have been, what, 12? I thought we went over this. <laughs> what, no, I shouldn't specify? I shouldn't specify? I'm sorry, I've put a you number on it. You don't need the specifics. <laughs> <laughs> you, were, you were a few years older. A few years older. Yeah, I was 12. <laughs> and it was still a big deal when it came out. And it was still a big deal. I imagine it was. Like, it, it seemed like a cool thing at that age. And it was, it was right after... Because uh, Bad Boys was 95... Independence mm -hmm. Day was ninety six, so this was kind of like the triple year of like Will Smith being like becoming the star. Like he, right after these three years, he was like a mega. He was the biggest actor in Hollywood. Essentially, did you watch Fresh Prince of Bel Air? Uh, probably not before those movies, just because I was too young. But certainly, okay. I, I saw a lot of reruns of it. Like just you that's know. all anybody at school talked about was Fresh Prince. Yeah, he was a big deal. Mm, yeah, so he he became this big huge big big huge actor. Um and uh Tommy Lee Jones, let's not count him out because I love Tommy Lee Jones. He is the perfect rough man. Um He is. Although notably I started laughing when I realized this throughout the movie. Because at one point he said something kind of funny, uh, or over the top rather, and I kind of said to myself, This was the same year as Batman and Robin. Yeah, I looked it up too. <laughs> Which he wasn't in Batman and Robin admittedly, he was in Forever. He was like two years earlier. But yeah. it made me think of those Batman movies, his delivery of something. And I started thinking about his Two-Face. And it was just, it, it caught me off guard. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so. He seemed to be enjoying himself much more in this movie than he was <laughs> in Batman. Oh yeah. And Robin. Because, or Batman Forever. Because he got to play Tommy Lee Jones for most of it. Like for most of it, he was the gruff, you know, like, you know, deadpan, you know, like, come on slick kind of character. Like, right. That's, that's oh well, I I just mean like because I heard that he and Jim Carrey did not get along. Oh yeah, they hated each other. <laughs> <laughs> At least half of them hated Jim Carrey. Maybe the other half didn't. I don't know. But um, <laughs> you love that joke, don't you? Lie. That was a great joke. That was a great joke. That was a great joke. Two Face, come on. Uh, 
so anyway, so I've prefaced this by saying that it was a big deal, and I presume you liked it at the time. Like, you know, at the time. Oh, yeah. Was, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've seen it a few times since, but probably closer to then than now. Like, I don't think I've seen it much. The last time I probably saw it was maybe... It's probably been at least 10 years. Maybe 15. Probably more for me. Yeah. yeah. Something like that. I agree. Uh, so it's been a long time. And... You know, we were not doing the sequels. You know, there was a temptation to do like two and three in the next couple of episodes. And ultimately, I didn't really want to because two sucks, just straight up. It's terrible. And three's better, but I didn't really want to mm-hmm. devote two more episodes of this show to the Men in Black sequels when I didn't think they were that interesting. Uh, maybe when there's another Men in Black, because Men in Black International is coming out. Maybe if there's an international two, we'll do Men in Black 2 for that, right? And we can bounce back and that forth. That sounds fair. But I didn't want to devote two episodes when we've got other movies to do. We've got more interesting things to talk about. Right? But I agree. But I think going back to the original is interesting, mostly because this is the one that people at least did think was good at the time. And I was <laughs> curious. Oh, Sorry Fox. about that. Yeah, Foxy's uh, disagreeing though. Uh, but I was there's, cu- a, there's a bug flying around, so oh. yeah, she's on patrol. <laughs> That's on topic. That's <laughs> yeah. on topic. There was bugs in this movie. The, the, the villain was a bug. But, like, I was curious, like, does this hold up? Am I going to watch this and yeah. like it or dislike it? And and the reason why I say that is because when I saw Men in Black 3 in theatres, you know, which was, what, 2012, 2013, something like that? Something that I actually didn't see it in theatres. I rented it from, like, a red box then. Uh, but yeah, it was Josh Brolin, right? Yeah, Josh Brolin was the younger K. It was, there was time travel involved. In- I remember I did like him in it. He was I good. I thought he was young. He was good, young Tommy Lee Jones. I thought it was better than it had any right to be, and it was definitely much better than two. But it wasn't necessarily a good movie. It was kind of like fine. It still wasn't the Will Smith I wanted. Yeah, it was just kind of like fine, and I think it really painted like a memory of the first one a little bit differently for me at the time, having not gone back and watched it. Where I thought, yeah, I thought that mm-hmm. was cool at the time, but I don't think I'm going to love it that much if I watch it now. I think. And I, and it kind of carries over to the new one where I'm seeing the trailers for the new one and, it, you know, I like Chris Hemsworth, I like Tessa Thompson. I think those two are great and really funny. But I have to admit, the trailers for the new one, like, well looking fine, don't really get me that excited because I'm like, I don't know if Men in Black something I want to franchise it off. <laughs> like... Yeah, I'm, I'm getting a little bit of Ghostbusters vibes mm-hmm. from the trailers and I... They're just not getting me yet, and I want them to because I I do like both of those leads very very much. Yeah, it may be. It may and be Emma very Thompson. Good. It may, um, yeah, Emma Thompson. It may be very good, but the thing that I'm getting from it is that it wants I'm going to, to see it. Yeah, it wants to feel really slick. You've you've got like a like a hip hop song playing over it. You've got um you know from the director of Fast and the Furious six and seven or whatever it is or you know whatever numbers right. it was. Uh, it may have just been the eighth one. Maybe just Fate the Furious, but like, and I'm like. This is weird. And I think the other thing that's bugging me about that trailer is, well, I do think the two actors are great and it looks like they're going to be funny, is that it feels like a lot of the bits are like, let's do a similar thing to the bit they did in the original. We have to do a thing where they have the button in the car. We have to have the button in the car because the original did that. And, you know, just <laughs> yeah. things like that were just kind of sticking out to me. So here we are. It's hard to be a sequel, though. It can be hard to be a sequel, especially when you're a Sony sequel because Sony, Sony's batting average is not good. In general, right. never mind with sequels. Uh, so I asked the question then before we get, you know, and if you look at the plot of Men in Black, there's a secret government agency called the Men in Black who monitor and police extraterrestrial life on Earth, and they make sure that no one ever knows about it. The public don't know. They've got the flashy thing, they don't know. 
uh, and uh, Tommy Lee Jones is his character's Agent K. His partner retires, and he recruits and trains Will Smith, uh, who's Jay, to be a new man in black. New man in black, I suppose to say it properly. Um, yes. So, Tara, how did you feel about watching Men in Black now? Uh, you know, twenty two years later. Yeah. Wow. Um, there, 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 there are people who were born the year this came out that that we can go have sex with, right? That is that is the extent of how old this movie is now. No, I'm not having sex with a 22 year old. <laughs> I didn't say you would. I said you could. That's an odd way to phrase it. I was that they could fight in a war, drive a car, <laughs> boat, <laughs> straight to sex. Okay. Um, I will say it holds up i thought the movie was a blast <laughs> okay um i it held it held up better than i thought it would mm-hmm. I, the one thing really stuck out to me and i think it's because i developed this taste over the years after this came out uh there's one thing i really hate about the movie what's that danny elfman's music oh come on <laughs> I hate it. Yeah, that's what movies sounded like for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it. I hate it. I, I, I just... I'm not anti Danny Elfman because I'm not anti Tim Burton like you are. Oh, I am so anti. I don't Tim get excited about a Tim Burton movie, but I don't hate Tim Burton. I... He did make Ed Wood, which is a movie you haven't watched yet, and you really should. I'm sure you'll make me watch it at some point. But the, the, like the, the, the point well, is... Well, it's not science fiction, so no. <laughs> is that... Is that tr- okay, true. But look at it this way, right? I'm watching the movie. I'm trying to get into it, right? And then something elfman will happen, like in the soundtrack. See that opening when you're following the dragonfly, like going around yeah. the desert? It's just that music playing. I'm like, I want to fast forward these opening titles so bad. I want to, but I'm a professional. Why? It's not. It's not a Tim Burton movie. I'm a. Prof- it just reminds you of one. I'm a professional, and I sat. Do you not like them. the Adams Family either? I enjoy the Adams Family movies because they're funny. Yeah. So is this movie. <laughs> no, it is. It is. I, I don't want, like. I like this movie. Men in Black One is a solid movie. I don't think it's a great movie. I think it's a solid movie. Yeah, I agree. Uh, well, it held up better than I thought. I was expecting yeah. to watch it and go, like, I don't know. I don't know if this is going to hold up. But you know what? I had a, I, I really did. I had a blast watching it. I especially, my favorite part is anytime Vincent D'Onofrio was on screen. He is so funny. I didn't realize how funny he was. Yeah, Vincent D'Onofrio plays the, the villain, or the human that's taken over by the villain. So he's playing the villain for the rest of the movie. Um I didn't know who he was when I first saw this and probably only know who he is now because of Daredevil. <laughs> so it was like, so he looks really different. Not because of Private Pile? I have no idea what that is. Oh, Full Metal Jacket. Oh, is he in that? It's been a long time since I watched that. Yeah, he's the one who, you know. Is that her? I'll, I'd probably recognize yeah. him now. Uh, also, for people <laughs> watching the video, spoilers for Full Metal Jacket. Uh, it's not the ending of the movie. <laughs> it's the ending of the best part of the movie, admittedly. <laughs> um, 
I'd probably recognize him now, but hell, I mean, I could tell it was him, but it's like he looks so different compared to what like he looks like now. Yeah. He's such a different looking guy. Um, same to an extent with Tony Shalhoub, who's in there for a small role. Like, he looks yeah. so different. Um, what's Tobias Funke's real name? Oh, David Cross. <laughs> Thank you. He looks like... I could, he, he is almost unrecognizable. Yeah, he's, it's obviously him. His mouth gives it away, but he has, he's still got a lot of hair at the back, and he's got, he's got, he's not got the mustache, so he comes off feeling really weird. Uh, yeah. But hell. And then something... He's not wearing the shorts, the cutoffs. Someone that I really <laughs> noticed, though, in this uh, is uh, the tall, bald man who's one of the aliens in this. Oh, yeah. He... Lurch. Lurch, yeah, he's in the Adams family. Um, but what he's I... also in Star Trek The Next Generation. He is. Mr. Han. You're right. Mr. Pond. You're right. Like he, keep, he keeps he keeps hitting the gong while they're eating... Mm-hmm. They try to eat dinner. Yeah. Yes, he's I, locked on his helper. Yeah. I remember that. But... I know him now, even though it's not the first thing I summoned, because I've, I've seen some of these things long before this, but uh, he will forever be uh, the, the, the the giant from Twin Peaks. Okay, I thought you were going to go with like a Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. This was not a reference to the hit television show Buffy the Vampire Slayer. This was a reference... That doesn't count. <laughs> you brought it up. <laughs> you don't get a point for that. Oh, we're playing for points now, are we? <gasps> You have you not been keeping track? Oh, I'm going to know. Well, just know that I'm like six points in the lead. You have not done six hit television show Star Trek the original series <laughs> until now. No way, you've done it like twice. I will not have this this retconning. I'll show, you, I'll show you my graphs later. What was I getting to? I don't know. What, what were we talking about in the movie? The the giant from Twin Peaks. That's what. How did we get to that? <laughs> <laughs> i am so tired right now i do apologize but i might tangent because of that i'm going to try not to babble too much <laughs> well i'm going to encourage babbling whenever it pops up because i love a good babble so all right so i'm working against you. you yeah let's talk about lurch so uh the giant or you might also refer to him as the fireman uh i never watched twin peaks so no <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah so, so uh, what the point i was making those there's, there's all these faces right there's all these faces that like, you know from things from later or even in this case before and you're like oh yeah that person that person and like oh they look so young uh <laughs> you know like because this, this is like almost 10 years before arrested development so david cross is like really young here and then if you watch the new seasons of arrested development it's like man it's not 10 years has passed like this is you know, <laughs> yeah. this is like proper middle age now so yeah he looks he's almost unrecognizable except for his voice you yeah. can't hide that voice yeah he's in he's, he's early to mid-20s here like he, he's pretty young here um uh yeah <laughs> and barely apart like i was looking at the credits for his name and it came yeah. up like basically right before the end yeah I yeah thought that was strange he's, he's not getting the credit <laughs> he deserves quite yet uh, i mean he's literally in one scene so i mean yeah a, a fair play i guess uh so yeah um yeah, so what did we like? So so we're still in spoiler-free. What, what do we like and dislike about the movie? Uh, so I don't like the Danny Elfman music. Danny Elfman's an overrated hack. I want no part of it. Um, I will say that some of the CGI I didn't love. Some of the CGI is definitely dated because it's, you know, from 1997. However, I do want to commend them that there's a lot of practical effects as well that yeah. does hold up. A lot of goo. Uh, Rick Baker uh, did the effects for this, uh, who's 
if I remember correctly, and horror fans will tear me apart if I'm wrong on this, but I, I believe this is the, the gentleman who did American Wolf in London uh, oh. doing, the, doing the creature effects. Uh, if I, I'm going to I keep... love every time, not just the because of Vincent D'Onofrio, but I love the makeup on him also because he's wearing like a skin suit. So it's like starting to rot as the movie progresses. Yeah, I imagine he's going to confirm my my, my suspicions because I'm, I'm I'm second guessing myself that this was American Werewolf did, but uh, I believe it was. Oh, okay. Uh, well, I really I really did enjoy the makeup on him a lot, and when we did get practical effects, they were really cool. I think the the coffee alien guys. I won't say too much more, but <laughs> I think they're practical, right? Uh, the the coffee aliens. Yeah, the ones in the coffee room. Oh, the little aliens. Um, they're puppets, aren't they? Uh, you may be right. Um, yes. Well, I like them a lot too. Not just because they're really funny, but like mm. <laughs> I thought they looked cool. I like the only time the CGI really kind of stood out was uh, the end with the alien. Yeah, honestly, the CG doesn't isn't as dated as I thought it would be. Like, I was actually kind of pleasantly surprised that it... It, it definitely looks dated, don't get me wrong, but it doesn't look as cringeworthy as I was... Because uh, I... Have you rewatched the Power Rangers movie from 1995 any time in your recent adult life? <laughs> no. <laughs> Let me just say, if you watch that, the CG of the, the Zords at the end will make you, like, hide behind the couch. You'll be almost well, crying. we watched movies from 97 on the show. Yeah. Dark City was ninety-seven. Sure, sure, but that, I mean that had better CG than Power Rangers did. <laughs> if, sure, and even some of that that CG was mostly just environmental yeah. CG stuff, like buildings moving, and that some of that really didn't hold up very well. I think the CG on this was a lot better than sure. that. Sure, yeah, I can see that. Um, no, but I think it's because it's mixed with practical. That's why Jurassic Park mostly holds up is because there's a lot of practicals mixed the in mix. with the CG. Um, yeah, you only use CG when you can't do practical. Yeah. Not because you don't want to do practical. And the art form, of course, has been lost because now everything's just... Like, do, if you want to see the new um, like Men in Black, you really think there's going to be any practical aliens? Outside of people no. who are just in makeup because it's a humanoid. Like, I hope they have just as much goo, though. <laughs> you want goo. You want all the goo. I loved all the goo in the movie. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's pretty Will Smith. Will Smith's really charming and funny and uh you know, he's he's got yeah, a couple of great. his trademark lines. Um makes you miss him. Was there anything in the movie that you felt was dated conceptually? Like was there any jokes where you went, Ah, it doesn't really land that well today? Because you know, whatever reason. Um I don't know. Is this a test? Are you testing me? No, I'm not. I'm just asking your opinion. <laughs> I don't know if if any of them really stood out. Some of them I thought were kind of you know for kids, but for for the most part, not not really. I uh, didn't notice anything. Yeah, no, it was just like the, the, the couple of things that stuck out to me was just like it's a, it's a pretty much a, a sausage fest of a movie, and the, yeah, I mean, I guess Vincent D'Onofrio when you first meet him, he's you know, very cruel to his wife and she's just kind of, I don't know, I guess because they're low-income family living in a trailer like that's supposed to be yeah, something that's okay um, that yeah, we make fun of. Yeah, he's a, uh, like, yeah, dinner on the table, toast should be yeah. clean, you know, he's, he's making all these demands. Um, but I don't really think that's that bad. 
No, it's not too bad. I, I think it's more <laughs> just that, like, there's the. I mean, that wife is really the second female character in the film because the main one, of course, is uh, the doctor, whose name I am. Yeah, forgetting. she was. Uh, her her lines were very sexualized. Laurel, her name was. Um, <laughs> did she ever do anything? But she was else? clearly into Will Smith, so I don't really blame her. <laughs> <laughs> like she had a motivation to be. Yeah sexualized character i guess it was just it, it felt a bit much at me at times it, like there, there was one joke in particular where i would give the the writing crap for what will smith said in return as if he was really assuming oh, things. i know what you're talking about but yeah at the very Later least on. given where she was pointing i can't really blame the character for thinking she's implying something dirty uh yeah it didn't feel like a huge leap um i agree yeah if anything I think- if that same joke was done today, it mm-hmm. would be done worse somehow. Yeah. <laughs> I would hate it. <laughs> I, I think if anything, it made her look a little bit silly because of where she was pointing. Like she didn't, you know, because cause she, she eventually gets around it by pointing sort of more like under, right? And it makes more sense yeah. what she's doing. Like up until that point, she's literally pointing at her crotch the entire time. Um, that scene, I, I guess that scene might be a bit... Yeah over the top i don't know if data is the right turn because i could still see that being a scene in a film that came out sure. today yeah <laughs> um but it, it just seemed a little bit goofy because it went on for a long time it did yeah and I'm, I'm not my point i'm not like hunting for things to be like oh this is like dated on pc or whatever i'm not i'm not doing that it's just as i was watching these scenes um the the flirtation was kind of odd to me because it doesn't really go anywhere and is never really relevant in the film in any capacity uh the character doesn't really have much of an art and i I guess my complaint here is less that uh the lines or the jokes aren't good it's more that her character is very much just a plot device she's there to be kind of a damsel at one point even though she gets like a cool moment uh you know in that scenario She's basically mm-hmm. just there to be a plot device until she's a damsel. Um, and I was kind of noticing just how male-orientated the rest of the film was. Like, you know, Will Smith goes for his, like, orientation, and it's like, we're here for the best of the best of the best, and it's, like, just, like, eight dudes. You know, like... Yeah. You know, that was sticking out to me a little bit. And it was a sort of thing where I'm, like, I'm fairly... I, I like to think that today they wouldn't do that, that there would be a mix of people in that. Well, they're not, because we've already seen the trailer for the new one. <laughs> And we get Tessa Thompson as a man in black, and we get Emma Thompson, who's clearly in charge. Yeah. So you agree with me then? That I things mean, yeah, have changed. I agree. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It sounded like you were disagreeing, and then the point you made was like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> That's what I was saying. <laughs> no, we are in agreement. Good. And I will fight you on that. Good. Good. <laughs> we're in agreement, and that's just that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah i the, the, i guess the the plot is just kind of fine like you know it's like ah, oh, it's the alien plot menace world's doomed yeah. you know what i didn't remember from this is um i don't know if i should go into it with us <laughs> are we are we still doing spoiler free do you want to go to spoilers okay full spoilers from this point on full spoilers for 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 mib men in black the original yeah i guess um what the part of the plot that I didn't remember was why the aliens were on earth. I didn't realize that they were like refugees. Mm. That part I didn't realize like they were here um, to be protected. I thought they were just living among us and we had some kind of agreement with them 
where, okay, but you know, humanity can't handle this. So you can live among us, but you got to, we'll be like your police. Yeah. You know, we'll be your police and then make sure humanity doesn't get, have too much knowledge. Yeah. I didn't realize that they were there because they were escaping something. Yeah. A lot of Ben and Black is immigration. I mean, they don't focus on mm-hmm. that, but that is definitely there in the background. There's well, a... the opening scene is about it too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I almost felt that like that was kind of more to be a joke about aliens coming into the country. Yeah. Uh, it turns out to be a real <laughs> alien. You know, like that's that's really what the joke is meant to be in that opening scene. Uh, which, which is fine. I mean, I, I like, I think the, the plot is just kind of serviceable. It's not really about the plot. It's about the characters. It's about the, the, the fun and the jokes. And it's about Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones playing off of each other. And that's all very good. That's all really great. Yeah. Um, Tommy Lee Jones is great in this movie. He's great. I, I I mean, I think I actually like him more than Will Smith in this. I like both of them, but... I do too. I think actually. his his deadpan is more relatable to me. Whereas I think as a kid, I like Will Smith more because he's so wisecracking and stuff. But oh, as he's a, fun. He's just nothing but fun on screen i think as i've gotten older i relate more to tom lee jones so you little gruff i'm a little gruff yeah i I feel like since the age of about 14 i've been an old man so i do i like i like tommy lee jones a lot more watching this today also um yeah i i just like his he's so good at being that that type of character anyway this seems unusual for him to be so uh, I don't want to say cartoonish, but I don't know, to be so, to take a role that's so different. Sure. <laughs> and I didn't realize this was a comic book movie. Yeah, yeah, it's based on a comic book, yeah. Yeah, I didn't know. Have you ever read them? No, no. I I think I saw an episode of the cartoon that came after, but I never read any of the comics. And those are based on the comics as well, not based on the movie, based on the comic. I have no idea. I, I would probably say a little <laughs> of both, like because they obviously need more plots because it's a this cartoon. They need weekly stories, so I imagine sure. they probably took some from the comics. But uh, I have no idea how accurate it is. I have no idea like how accurate the movie is to the comic. Uh, mm. I, I don't know. I, do, do you know what's frustrating? I got to the end of this and I fairly enjoyed it. I, I don't think it's like a great movie. I think it's a really enjoyable, and that'll hopefully be reflected in my score when we get to the end. Sure. Um, but I think what I what's what stuck away for me at the end of this movie and is just how forced and tacked on the sequels are, because this movie ends with Tommy Lee Jones like Kay retiring and he wants to go back to the love yeah. of his life that he's been gone from for thirty five years and she's not moved how on. Nice, she, right? Yeah, she she's not like found a new partner. She never like got with anyone in that time. She she's just been lonely and sad because her, her her husband or love of her life disappeared or, or, or the government stories and he's in a coma right that's what it says at the end um yeah and it was this great ending for him it felt genuinely quite sad that he was passing things on and uh you know we have a uh, laurel it seems to have been recruited as, as jay's new partner and the sequel shits all of this away it, it, it retcons That's the all. Thing. i was thinking when i watched this like yeah. i don't remember her in the sequel she's not, yeah, and she's i remember there. K coming back and i think i remember why k came back but i i don't remember what happened to her character or her. if she's in it even that not even mentioned i don't think from what i remember really yeah wow yeah no it, it, it makes her feel so that's s- the thing like if they wanted to make a sequel they have a setup for a sequel still with was she Jay asking for too much money character, <laughs> name I can't remember, laurel yeah and they just abandoned it <laughs> completely 
I mean, I'd like to say that, oh, maybe the actress was awkward and they had to, like, base it around that, but part of me just thinks, and this is probably the likely story, is that they just wanted the same pair. So they just yeah. wrote it to fit that. And we we get yeah. um, this awkward plot of bringing Tommy Lee Jones back. And oh, and Tony Shalhoub, right? Doesn't he come back? I think you're right. I think we do see him again. Cause we, I, I think if the I, dog. If the pug I, is the thing. Mm, we get the pug, yeah. Like, Maybe that's the third movie. I can't remember. It just it felt it felt so forced to me even when I first saw it. You know, it came out when I was like maybe thirteen, fourteen, something like that. And I remember mm-hmm. hating the second one when I saw it. I, I remember actively disliking it. It may have even been one of the earliest examples of me like being old enough to realize a sequel's bad. Like, because I think when I was mm-hmm. a kid, I just liked everything because I didn't know it was good and bad. Yeah, me too. But the Lost World was that for me yeah yeah Joe, it's one of those things and it had dinosaurs in it too and i still was just like i don't think that was very good <laughs> i mean we, we'll, we'll do that someday if, but like oh really yeah jurassic park sci-fi bringing dinosaurs back to life <laughs> come on there yeah i just figured that's something you would do like maybe you've already done it with connor i have Con not Netflix. i have not um but like like i Lost... would watch it i own them all i'm happy to <laughs> Lost world for me is one that I convinced myself I liked as a kid because I was, I mean, that was 97 as well. So I was the same year as this. I was eight. Yeah, I was so stoked. I skipped school. Mm. Didn't tell my mom. Do you know the only movie I ever skipped school to go and see? Mm. Spider-Man 3. <laughs> I have made horrible life choices. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, Lost World is one where I like convinced myself I liked it, and I don't hate the movie. Like, there's definitely good parts in it. But... Oh, I agree. Like it's shot beautifully. I still quote, "Don't go into the log grass." <laughs> but I've said <laughs> it before, and I'll say it again: Jurassic Park Three is better than the Lost World. I have fun with it because at least it accepts that it's a B movie. Uh, that's exactly it. From it's, the beginning, it's just a B movie adventure. It's nowhere near as good as the first one, obviously, but I enjoy it way more than two. Oh yeah um so yeah and some spielberg loyalists loyalists would uh take umbrage with that but i'm sorry but well lost world looks better and has sure. goldblum but i do like goldblum you know i like goldblum i don't love the godzilla scene at the end <laughs> oh so bad i I hate that, that yeah. the last 20 minutes of that movie is just so tacked on and oh uh, it does it feels like a different film so we should probably save the rest for when we review it. We, we should, yeah. <laughs> I'll have a full f- full whack of it though, because I'll rewatch it then now, so we can look forward yeah. to that. Um, yeah. So yeah, the ending really bugs me because like this the sequel shits everything. This movie ends with and like sets up for possible future mm-hmm. things. It shits away and just yeah. retcons all of it, and it's just like, how it, could we get? Tommy Lee Jones and Will Smith yeah. back together. It, it's not quite as bad as say the opening of Alien Three, but it's kind of in that kind of line of thinking where it's like you, you've just kind of taken away and made the ending of the last one feel redundant. So it, it makes me instantly dislike the sequel a little bit. Um, yeah, and that's not the only problem that movie has, not by a long shot, but it's definitely the first Alien thing Three. That... No, Men in Black Two. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear. Uh, so, yeah. The visit of the Orpheus gets taken over by a bug. He's looking for the galaxy, which is on Orion's belt. Which, I will say this, it's, see, knowing what Orion's belt is in the context of this movie, it's the cat's collar. 
it's actually kind of insufferable watching them constantly doubt uh, Will Smith when he keeps saying, oh, they said the galaxy was on Orion's belt. Don't be silly. There's no galaxies in Orion's belt. Don't be silly. The pug said it's on Earth. And I'm like, oh my God, it's the cat's collar. Just, oh my God. <laughs> like, so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I realized it because I'd seen the movie before, but a long time ago, because there's a lot that I forgot. But... Um, but yeah, I agree. I was going through that too. Like it's on the collar of the cat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The cat's named Orion. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel like the movie's really made up of set pieces. You, 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 one's well Smith. You got the montage of him being trained. You get the or getting his suit and all that, and you know, ending with the "I make this look good." You know, classic moment. Um, mm-hmm. you've got the, the baby delivery, the 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 squid delivery scene. Kind of his first you know it was good mission where you know, it was slapstick it's whatever but my, my favorite part of that whole scene isn't the actual delivery or the over-the-top like slapstick of it my favorite part is is legitimately when tommy lee jones just turns and says right you you can handle this and just walks away yeah like that that to me that's the funny part the funny part is him saying you can handle this like a pro as if well that's the thing that that's why i think that's why we like his character so much too is that he's he is so deadpan and serious, but we, we take him seriously in this role. Like he knows what he's doing. So even though we see Will Smith in the background being practically beaten to death by this baby alien that's coming out, that because Kay doesn't care what's happening, like we can just laugh at it and we know that he's not in any danger. Yeah, yeah. That, that's the smart thing about what, what, what the, them conveying this as to us as the audience. Mm-hmm. Um. But you've got that, and you've got the whole joke where he gets the little gun, and he thinks this is lame until he fires it, and it blows him back like into the wall, and then again into a car, yeah. and, and and all the rest of it. Um, I think Joe the movie maybe fails to do actually. That I'm thinking about it is like Tommy Lee Jones wants to recruit him because he's like, oh, he chased down this alien, right? He chased down this alien at the start of the movie on foot. Yeah, that takes skill. That takes like a certain type of person. I want him to be like. In, in, in the organization right and that's really cool and that's fine I, it was kind of a shame mm-hmm. to me that at no point in the movie like like i i, I think watching this again like not remembering it clearly i assumed there was going to be a scene towards the end in the act three where he will actually use the skills that he has that maybe the other men in black agents don't the way he thinks to actually help solve the the problem yeah and well it, even the the training montage that we get well not really montage but in the beginning uh when he's training to try to outcompete all the soldiers yeah. for the new position. We never really get the idea that he is the best. Just that he thinks a bit differently than the rest of them. But Rip Torrance seems annoyed by him the whole time. Yeah. And then, you know, Kay says, or he asks Kay, like, are you sure about this guy? And he says, yeah. And so we immediately just like give the, everyone else the red light. And it's, it's almost like that wasn't that whole test wasn't necessary. Like they were already going to go with Will Smith from the beginning. No, I think that's implied. Because he never really proved himself during those scenes. I think the idea is just to make it look to Will Smith or to Jay that he is, you know, not like just getting this job. That he's actually in a to make him prove himself almost. Even though, like, no, it's it's all about just showing, you know, Rip Torn or Zed uh is his name mm-hmm. uh the proper way to say that that uh, letter by the way just for the record that's how you say the letter z um that's how we say it in canada <laughs> do you guys say jz no 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 if it's a name like that i'll still say still say jay-z 
Okay. Same, same with an acronym. If it's supposed, if it's clearly supposed to be like something with a a Z sound, because that's what makes the acronym sound good. Okay. You know, I'm not a dick like that. <laughs> but I was just curious. If I'm, but if I'm saying the alphabet, I'm saying Z. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, uh, you know, there's there's no moment where like his skills as like someone who thinks like this from the LAPD or the sorry the MIPD ever really comes into play. Or ever really is because because the reason why I'm thinking about this is because where he shoots the little gun, that's the one scene where he kind of runs after him, and ultimately it's it's a nothing chase where Tommy Lee Jones eventually says it doesn't matter, we've got his ship, he can't get away, like you know, like, sure, and it kind of felt and like, also all he did was like cause a whole lot of destruction and a whole lot of people to have their memory wiped. Yeah, he doesn't really learn anything, really, uh, as uh, as an arc. Well, maybe I I mean he could have learned that maybe not to to use um his immediate police skills and chasing people down in public like that or being so so quick to use a gun out in public like that (laughs) because they have other methods like to be more patient or to listen to i don't want to say your elders but (laughs) the people who have more experience you mean like you've got more experience than me you mean like that yeah, you should be listening to me is what I'm saying. Because <laughs> you're my elder. <laughs> <laughs> Which, by That's the funny. way, we're recording this on Tara's birthday. Just I want everyone to know that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a big day. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big day. It's the, it's, the, it's the big... I won't say the number. Yeah, I'm still here. I'm committed. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, so happy birthday to Tara. Everyone say happy birthday in the comments. I should have said that at the start. I really should have rubbed that in at the start. You don't need to say it. Yeah, a bunch of happy birthdays in the comments. That'd be nice. <laughs> People watching don't need to say it. Just <laughs> it. Say happy birthday. Be nice. Um, but like, if you're right there, nobody's though, gonna be watching us after our last one. <laughs> true. But if you if you if you, so if you, if you if you're right about that theory that he learns not to fire his gun, he learns to like keep his cool. I don't think mm-hmm. there's a scene after this that shows that he's learned that, though. Like, it's just one thing to say that, but we, we need a scene where he chooses not to do the, the thing that he did before. A scene where he chooses to be calm or chooses to do it another way. Uh, and that never really happens. And I'm not saying that hurts the movie too bad. Like, it's the sort of thing that I'd complain in a lot of stories where the characters don't really have much of an arc. Uh, Tommy Lee Jones arguably has more of an arc uh, in accepting the, the new guy, essentially, right? Um... And accepting that maybe he shouldn't just flash everyone because that's the kind of thing that he learns from him. But here's what I I like, though, or or why I think that doesn't affect the movie, is that the movie's about having fun, it's about having an adventure, it's about these characters playing off of each other. But I think the reason why I'm bringing this up is that I think what stops it elevating itself from being a great movie is without that, that emotional arc that actually... The closest we get is Tommy Lee Jones' retirement, right? And him saying goodbye and going back to his his, his wife. But it's basically a subplot at, at best. There's one scene in the middle where he's like spying on her like a creepy pervert <laughs> with satellites. Which, by the way, having that, that, that good satellite imagery but surrounded by a Windows like 97 style. No, there's no such thing as Windows 97, but I'm saying like 1997 Windows era. Like oh, there's a lot graphics. of technology yeah. here that does not hold up very well. No, I like no. the uh, the thing that will replace CDs. <laughs> it's just a really small CD. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. That's right. <laughs> um, not just a digital stream of music. Yeah. <laughs> you couldn't comprehend that in 1997. Oh, I understand. I understand. It's just fun to see old 
old future technology oh yeah oh just you wait until uh, we do jurassic park i'll be i'll be doing a whole like 10 minute section on the cd-rom and how excited the kids are about it <laughs> <laughs> it's got yeah. cd-rom Woo! <laughs> um so I, I think that's what holds it back from elevating itself to great though because I, I think if you had that emotional core where i i felt the characters actually went through an emotional journey and learned something by the end i, I think i would like it a lot more uh than i do okay uh, as, as it's like it's a fine movie it's a fine entertaining it's like, a fine i think it's a fun popcorn summer movie yeah with characters that i like i like all the effects yeah i like the aliens and i especially like the humor yeah, it's it's much better, you know, because when you say that it's, oh, it's a fun popcorn movie, like, like people say that about Michael Bay movies. No, it's better than that. It's better than those types of movies. It's. I wouldn't say those are fun popcorn movies. People who try and defend them. Do. <laughs> it's a popcorn. You leave your brain at the door and just enjoy the carnage. That's that's what you do. No, uh, they're mean. They have like a cruelty in them that doesn't mm-hmm. exist in this film. Oh, I agree. I agree. Um, yeah. No, the movie's full of like characters. Then, of course, they eventually get the big guns out at the end when they realize, oh, these spaceships at the World Fair, they go there. Mm-hmm. They go to Queens, uh, and they're all excited, and they they hit the hit the spaceship with the big guns, uh, which leads to Tommy Lee Jones getting eaten, and he goes because he's going back for his gun, which was eaten, and he blows him up for the inside, and then Laurel gets her one cool moment when she gets to save them picking up the other gun right right um and that's basically that tommy legends i'm retiring you're you're my replacement slick and you know that's that's basically the movie apart from the final scene where it it kind of jokes like yeah there's a galaxy in this little thing like it can be small uh and then it like you know it zooms out and zooms out until we realize that we're in a marble like our galaxy's in a marble and there's an alien playing Mm -hmm. with it as if it's a toy uh and it makes that point that was another thing i hated about the second one feel real like Small and insignificant, yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. <laughs> uh, and, like, I, I remember hating the sequel to kind of try to pull the same ending, but it was just nowhere near as good. It was, like... Oh, I yeah, remember what it is. They open a locker, and they're, like, in, like, a... They're, like, they're inside the small locker in, like, a big locker room that's full, full of aliens, and it's just, like... <laughs> it was nowhere near as good. Anyway. Um, yeah, and, uh, the one thing I've not mentioned is that because like the the bug aliens like hunting this galaxy there's a spaceship in orbit that's going to destroy the entire planet if we can't get the galaxy back so there's like a ticking time bomb element to the whole final plot but they have to get it back within the time um which is fine it, it doesn't feel like they focus on it enough to actually feel the, the tension though like I, I think the if the movie doesn't do one yeah. thing it's like it doesn't actually make you feel like the stakes it just feels like oh, it's a light-hearted adventure and that's fine yeah i never really felt like i never really felt the full danger of it yeah but i wanted to see them team up against vincent d'onofrio <laughs> and when you, you mentioned the spaceship from the world fair falling down i thought that was a really cool scene um is the shot had, from behind them yeah the shot of the this but i think it's practical for the most part to get that effect of the the dirt flying up and stuff even though they probably just use the footage from star trek generations because <laughs> well, they did the same thing i'm pretty sure it was like they're not standing there though they're definitely on a green screen well, yeah of course yeah. not but like it's a really cool shot it looks great yeah that look good and i mean they could you could tell that they really love that shot because they it you know they held it for a while it was good <laughs> yeah it did that thing where at one point will smith looks at him like 
Should we not be moving? Like, but Tomlin is so con- <laughs> he's so confident that it's going to stop before it hits them. Uh, it almost reminds me of Back to the Future uh, when when uh, Doc's like spinning up the the car when he's testing it for the first time, and Marty's like oh, trying yeah. to move away with the camera, and he's like, "Right, you did stay here." <laughs> uh, but no, so no. is this is a fun movie? Like, I, I like. I, I, like I say, like if we're getting to ratings now, unless there's any final points you want to make about uh, the plot or... I mean, it, or... there's not a whole lot of deep themes in this film to talk about. Nope. Um, <laughs> it, it was mostly just whether or not it held up, and I could, I think I think it does. <laughs> I love how uh, Vincent D'Onofrio gets really upset when anyone, like... Because it's, it's a big plot point where if anyone, like, crushes yeah. a bug or a fly, he gets really upset and wants to kill them. So th- mm-hmm. that's how uh, uh, Tobias Funke meets his end, is that he starts, like, swatting flies. Yeah, and I had, I had read that the... Um, I don't think it was, it was PETA. I think it was, like, uh, I don't know, some kind of humane association, like the RSPCA or something, or if, if that's the right acronym. I don't know. But something, <laughs> something for animal rights. We're concerned about them actually squishing so many cockroaches so instead when you see will smith stepping on them they use mustard packets and to make sure like they counted the amount of roaches they had before and after and they match so no roaches were harmed in the making of the movie for anyone who's concerned <laughs> that, this is this is a, an animal that we do actually pay people to fumigate and kill to exterminate yeah, yeah. To, to, to I get... hate roaches. I do, but I'm glad that none of them were harm, harmed for the film. <laughs> if anything, I'm disappointed. I've never seen roaches that look like that. Yeah, nor have I. I've never seen. Uh... They are enormous. Yeah. Yeah. In this movie. But yeah, well, you know, whatever. Uh, <laughs> so to get to to get to ratings, then, um, what are you rating Men in Black? Uh, okay. Yeah, like I said, not a deep film, um, but very fun. I laughed every single time Vincent D'Onofrio was trying to act human. <laughs> he was so good, um, and I think it. I think it holds up pretty well. I think um, I'm going to give it an eight. I think it's a deserved eight. Well, here's where we differ. <laughs> sure. No, no. I mean, I'm going to give it a seven. I, I think. I think it's good. Uh, I don't think it's great. I, I think um, there was hype at the time because of Will Smith mania. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of funny elements in the movie that do work. It keeps it nice and simple, which I think works to its benefit. I wish there was more of an arc for Will Smith's character, though, that really made him have a journey in the film. Uh, which, to, to be fair, is something that the third film does do. Um, and I do wish there was someone else doing the music. Because... <laughs> I don't mind the music at all. Yeah, um, like I said, I think that's this is what movies sounded like when I was a kid, and I don't mind it. <laughs> I, I just, I no, movies sounded like Terminator Two. All right, <laughs> <laughs> movies sounded like, um, I don't know, Back to the Future, whatever, <laughs> like Jurassic Park, John Williams, John Williams, Alan Silvestri, Brad Fidel. These sure. are these, these are the composers from from the era, which I would happily swap in. All right. I mean, Danny Elfman's music that is pretty well known, I think, came from, like, 
late 80s to late 90s era though sure sure Mm -hmm. uh does not mean i have to like it (laughs) or condone i don't think it's that bad (laughs) look this is a personal thing i'm not i'm not saying it's the tone of the films i'm not saying it's objectively bad i just like if, if i was to add things to this film to make it better i would add more of a character arc that had some emotional weight and a little bit more stakes um, okay. And it's not that I think there's too much comedy. I just wish there was a bit more meat underneath the comedy, uh, to to make it really kind of pop. I like uh, Kay's character arc. I know there's not a whole lot of it there, but mm. I do like the twist that he was training Will Smith not as a partner but as a replacement. Because I didn't really expect that when I was watching it. The... And I think that's you know that comes from the beginning of the film as well, watching his partner retire. And then accepting that this is something he wanted to do also. So when you get to the uh, the the sequel and he goes to get Kay back and they've basically said that he split up with his wife before and he's just like... Well, it... I'm not counting the sequel as part of my rating. Oh, no, no, I'm not, I'm not using this against your rating. I'm just trying to... I'm again sort of pointing out how infuriating the sequel is. It, it, it doesn't just bring him back into the fold. It actually says, no, that happy marriage that he went to that was a nice happy ending for his character, yeah, that didn't work out. They split up. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I did like seeing the Weekly World News again. I haven't seen that in, like, 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, are they even in business still i wonder well i've never heard of them so i have no idea oh the weekly world news yeah they're the ones with the crazy tabloid covers Mm. of like women gives birth to baby who's can lift like 50 pounds or something like that (laughs) read a lot of those growing up did you uh they were always at the grocery store and they always would give me a chuckle but yeah I never bought one or read it through. I just read the covers. Hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, that that is uh, Men in Black, which means we can get on to our bonus section of the episode. Actually, no, before we get to the bonus section, I do the plugs. Uh, so so first and foremost, if you, you want to tell us what you thought of think of Men in Black, you can do that in the comments. You can, you can like and subscribe, all that stuff. Uh, you can... <laughs> you... <laughs> I'm just laughing because your chair's just so squeaky. I'm just. I know. <laughs> um, it's not very comfortable. <laughs> so you can uh, like, subscribe, all that stuff. You can do all that. Uh, we're we're also going to do Tara if they want to support the show. Oh, you can check out our Patreon page at patreon.com/slash/myofuzztv. You can donate as little as a dollar per month, and with that dollar, you get bonus episodes of the Ace. Um, we have one for last month. We're having one for this month. We'll have um, one for next month and the we'll month have after one for that. Next month. <laughs> <laughs> Our first one was pretty good, Judge Dredd. Mm. From uh what year was that? Ninety nine or ninety? Ninety five. Ninety five. Yeah, that was a fun one. You can also go to our store. We have a store, right? Yes, it's a spreadshirt store. There's links in the description so you can buy shirts and hoodies and things like Both that. US and UK. Yep, yep. <laughs> look at you, look at you. Um, and then if I give you some plugging to do, um, well, I'll, I'll do a, we'll alternate, right? We'll, 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 each, we'll each plug something, right? Um, okay. 
So, you like sci-fi movies? I would say check out our, our horror movie show, which I do with Tim, called Screams After Midnight. Very similar to this show. We get together every week, we talk about horror movie. There's a bonus episode on Patreon once a month. Uh, very straightforward. But we've been doing that for a long time now. We were like over 300 episodes. So that is the... The... the uh, I don't want to say experience. The... <laughs> tenure. <laughs> we have We have tenure. <laughs> <laughs> I kid. Uh, and then Tara, if you want to plug something that we do. Okay. Yeah. You can check out our Twilight Zone reviews. We review both. Actually, we do both the new Twilight Zone and the classic. Mm. Um, but the classics, clearly, are going to go on a lot longer. <laughs> you can check those out. Um, you get them a week early also if you donate through Patreon. Yep. You do indeed. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's plugins, but we do have one last thing to do, our bonus section, which is where we talk about an episode of Mystery Science Theater 2000. Tara is something of a super fan who's been watching since a kid. I have dabbled a little bit in my, my more recent years, uh, but every week, or most weeks now. Uh, I say that because we won't actually have one the next episode or two. The next couple of episodes will not have a Mystery Science Theater section, uh, just because of mm-hmm. how we're having to record things. Um, you may have noticed that my background is rather lacking because yes. i'm moving house so <laughs> yes we won't have as much time to to hang out and watch a mystery science theater unfortunately as, as fun as it would be uh, to record one the week she's moving and have like a live feed from the car uh <laughs> at- the atomic cinema experiment on the move i i don't think it's feasible so uh it does mean we have to record Go an on episode. tour guys yeah <laughs> we have to do an episode before that so it means we don't have time to record uh mr sense the year but anyway uh but we do have one this week so so this will be the last one for a couple of weeks but we will have them back in a few episodes time what one to go on a break with though because this is manos the hands of fate <laughs> which the first thing I'll say about this is this is the only episode of Mystery Science Theater that I have seen, and I asked Tara if this ever happened again, and she doesn't remember it ever happening again. Hmm. It's the only episode that I'm aware of where the evil scientists who are making Joel watch the movie <laughs> actually apologize at different points throughout the episode for the movie they're making them watch. Because both of them do it, that, yeah. That, they both do it in secret because they don't want the other one to know they're doing it. But that that is the level of quality that we're dealing with. Tara, would you like to summarize the the synopsis for Manos, the Hands of Fate? I will do my best. You can do your best. <laughs> well, it's written, produced, starred, directed by the same guy. So already a good start. Um, and he plays a father and a husband who is taking his family on vacation and uh, they're trying to find a place called Valley Lodge, and they turn down a road, and they get to a place they think might be Valley Lodge or can help them some kind of a lodging facility where they meet a man named Torgo. <laughs> and Torgo is the keeper of the house while the master is away. He's a little bit unclear on who the master is. Um, the family decides this seems like a perfectly reasonable place to stay, just these people's house. Um, (laughs) And while they're there, um, Torgo gets a little too close to the wife, physically, like too close. He tries to touch her. It's this really long, drawn-out scene. And then the master shows up (laughs) somewhere around the place at night. For the record, 
the master in question is not the master, the big bad from season one of the hit television show, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. There it is. Yeah. That's a proper it, reference. That one was earned. I'll give you that one. Yeah. You yeah. your point. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Let's see you tie Manos into Star Trek. I can't wait to see this happen. Oh, I have to do that for Manos? <laughs> oh, okay. Well, the... Uh... <laughs> so, someone in here will remain Jatasha. I'm sure of it. The master is is not Manos. The, he worships Manos. Yes. The hands of faith. <laughs> and we know this because he wears this robe that when he spreads it out, there's this these hands that are embedded on the robe. <laughs> uh, I'm not quite sure what Manos does or like he is the hands of fate. So I guess if you pray at his altar <laughs> or sacrifice at his altar, maybe it changes your fate. It's maybe. unclear. Yeah, it's unclear. He's kidnapped many various wives. They're, he has... He has a bunch of wives. They're all in white dresses. Um, they're all like you know, pinned they, up against. Yeah, they these... wear basically white underwear and then some kind of lace over it, like a heavy yeah. lace. Though, and the reason I think this movie is made is just so these women who are all dolled up in makeup and will fight each other and wrestle with each other in the dirt, because we get a lot of it. Yes, like a, a lot of well, wrestling. It's funny. I actually am impressed how long you were able to draw out that description because not a lot happens in this movie. Uh, Tara, well, that's it. Yeah, T Tara mentioned that they, they stay at this lodgings, uh, this house. Uh, we spend probably half the runtime of this movie in like the main room of this house, and yeah. there's a lot of weird editing. There's those like moments where characters like teleport across the room. Uh, the character they stare at a painting for like twenty minutes. Yeah, they oh they do. You're right. Uh, the character, uh, Torgo, who shows them around, like, he, like, has this little theme song that plays as he walks around. He's got these big fake knees on, so he's got this weird look to him as he's walking. It's a whole thing. That's the one. That's as best as I can do. <laughs> it's closer than I could have done. And then, I want to go back to a scene you, you mentioned. Uh, Torgo tries to touch the wife. Because... This scene baffled me in a number of ways. Um, this this was um, like he is really long and drawn out, but he takes a long time to get close to her. And but what I mean by that is that he's standing at arm's length, but he kind of yeah, he just kind of puts his arm out, and it's kind of weird, and it's kind of getting really slow. It, it's reminiscent of you know how sometimes when a movie makes fun of the trope where a, a character's <laughs> up against so long, like you know that trope where like a character's up against like a wall, right, and like and like a like a parking lot, like right. And the car's yeah. like coming for them and it's driving directly to them. So they'll be against them going like, ah, and they'll like scream as they're against the wall. And some spoofs will make fun of it where there's like a big long gap and they've got tons of time to get out of the way. Sure. This wife stands there and just looks kind of like, what's happening? What's going on? What's she trying to do? It's <laughs> so long. He's trying to touch you like a weirdo. And she eventually goes, Mike, <laughs> Mike. <laughs> it takes her so long and it, like, I, I just like back up. I, yeah, oh no, my god! Get out of there! <laughs> it's, it's weird. It's like she wants to see what's gonna happen. Yeah, she, for uh, for some reason she she seems to have never encountered like anyone who's sexually interested in her because she doesn't even occur to her that he may actually want to uh, grope her or anything of that sort. She's just confused. Yeah. She's confused. I think I think the worst scene 
that happens because eventually Mike gets knocked out. Uh, and and just Torgo to re- knocks him out because he loves his wife. And just so to, just, Torgo wants to keep the wife for his own bride. Yeah. But let's just, re- just remind everyone here, Mike the Husband is played by Harold P. Warren, who is also a director and producer and writer and everything else. Right. Yes. And he gets so Torgo knocks him out and ties him to a post where he's knocked out on mm-hmm. a post for a while. And one of the brides of uh of the master finds him there and decides uh, this would be a great opportunity to grope a man and then slap him around a little bit and make out with him. It's such a bizarre scene. It doesn't make any sense at all. Um, but it's even worse when you realize that this is the, this guy wrote directed and is playing the lead character here. And I basically wrote this scene for him to be, groped and slapped around a little bit by a beautiful woman it's a little disturbing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um i'd like to say i hope she was well paid but i've got a funny feeling she wasn't <laughs> <laughs> she's a trooper though man I, i've got a funny she's an actress i've got a funny feeling she was given a popsicle and maybe like 10 bucks and that was like what she got for her <laughs> day's work um one day you'll be a star <laughs> Given the quality of the acting in this from everyone involved, I highly doubt anyone in this movie became a star. <laughs> Here's what I want well, to talk about. Well, it did kind of become a cult classic. Oh, I don't sure, know if it yeah. gets as much love as some of the other ones. but Well, for the record, um, see if you go to IMDb, the first thing it recommends if you're looking at this movie is Birdemic Shock and Terror. <laughs> which I have well, seen. Well, there was a sequel to this movie too recently. So who knows? Maybe all the actresses came back. I've not seen it. Maybe. Manos Returns from 2018. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Um, baffling. Absolute baffling. I, I, what I want to talk about though is the opening maybe 15 minutes of the movie, which is literally just shots and shots and shots of the countryside whizzing by from a car, and that's all yep. it is. That's all it is. And it just goes on I forever. I feel so bad for for um, Joel and the bots just because you have to run out of jokes <laughs> I mean they do a pretty good job but like how many jokes can you make about just whizzing past countryside for and who knows they probably edited a bunch of it out yeah well actually I don't think they did because the, the version we watched on YouTube actually edited in scenes that were cut from the original Mystery Science Theater oh, yeah, broadcast because at one that point, was yeah, because I didn't one, realize that there was basically it happened a couple of times quickly, but there was one main big scene, uh, like near the end, that was completely put back in, uh, where the guys that you know disappeared, and it was just the movie for like you know three yeah. four minutes, and it was kind of clear why because it was a, a scene where like a woman slapped around a little bit, and it was very clear that okay, this this was cut. Yeah, there was some blood in it too. Yeah, and it, was, it was a bit. Yeah, it was a bit much yeah. for the Sci-Fi Channel you know sunday mornings yeah so i mean it was clear why they did it and it makes sense but it was interesting to see like oh this is what they cut out of the you know the broadcast version yeah uh, and if anyone doesn't know like i think 95 the 95 percent of the episodes are on youtube for you to mm-hmm. watch so you can watch them for free um but like yeah so that was interesting and it was also interesting uh that they still kept in the the cat fight as it were where the all the waves are fighting with each other in the mud because yeah. it's a classy film. It's a, it's a classy film. 
Uh, most of the movie, though, is just waiting for things to happen, and then nothing ever really does. And you kind of set up for that because, like, the, the opening 15 minutes of this just this countryside whizzing by as if you're in a car. Uh, there's, like, a pause once or twice, but for the most part, like, it, it's the directors trying to say, oh, no, we're traveling for a long time, so they're desperate to, like, you know, stay somewhere. And you can kind of, you can almost, like... You can almost like translate the intent of what the scene is and what the script is as to what he thinks this is in a proper movie. You can imagine in a mm-hmm. proper movie what this is supposed to be, and then what this idiot director who doesn't know what he's doing is just you know shitting out, <laughs> and it's just it's, yeah. it's really tedious to watch. Uh, but the oh, jokes, but the it's jokes so make it boring. The jokes make it work, I think though. Like the, the jokes oh, yeah, from Mr. Science Theater make it work. Uh, and we also talk about a subplot. There's a subplot with uh, a couple in a car. Who keep getting busted for kissing and making out? Uh, where they make out so much. They make they only pause to drink more booze, uh, and every time we cut back to them, they're sitting in the exact same place. Uh, what I mean by that is like it's always the driver's seat. She's always well, on his lap. It's the exact same setup every time. Yeah, except one time it is at night. There's a night makeout, and most of the other times they're in broad daylight. Which implies but that they've it's been the only thing they seem to do. Yeah, it implies they've been sitting there making out all day, all, all day. night. And <laughs> I mean, I don't want to be like, like, uh, like a you know a, a typical man here. Like, so you you can, Tara, if I'm going too far here with this, I feel like after ten hours of making out, I expect some sex. I'm just you know like. <laughs> this was a different time. Yeah. After ten People hours. People didn't have sex back then. <laughs> <laughs> it's the thing is though. Is like they're, they're they're people who are like thirty. It's not like these are teenagers who are being told to like stop drinking and like you know move the car. <laughs> these are people who are thirty years old. You have a home you can go to and do this. Yeah, it's a uh, it's totally ridiculous. And then the cops keep coming back. They're recurring character to yep yep for something. The worst though is just the ending. Like so. Th- the the reason the women are fighting is because there are two women that the master yeah has seen now and one of them is the child and they're fighting because whether or not the child should become one of his brides to be added and then in the end we find out we get a pan over all the brides and the last shot is of the little girl also in the, the lace white. yeah yeah the white lace and it's just like, uh, Which I, guess I don't is, like this. Yeah, it's a dark ending. Uh, do you know what's funny is we didn't even mention the kid yet because, like, for the most part, she's so inconsequential. The only interesting scene she has the whole time is at one point she wanders out the house and the parents don't know where she is. And they well, really... It's so, it's so stupid because they're staring at this painting and then the girl walks out and then they immediately turn around and go, wait, where'd she go? And the music kicks in like, duh. Like she's just in the other room. Like she walked out a second ago. <laughs> <laughs> she, can, she can't be more than five feet away from the door by the time they start freaking out. Uh, <laughs> like, I don't this, this movie like, is a cult like movie for a reason of just how absurdly bad it is. Um, but it's not oh, it's as... Painful. It's not as funny as other like you know you talk about the room you talk about Birdemic, those are funnier more often to to make it yeah. kind of like worth watching with friends. Where even without Mystery Science Theater style like riff tracking commentary, you, like you can still watch the room with friends and have a good laugh out of it because it's just it's consistently outrageous in what it's doing when it thinks yeah. it's being serious. This, this one's rough. This this one is like. 
I mean, say what you want about Tommy Wiseau, he made sure things kept happening and being said, even though technically nothing was really happening in the room. A lot more happens in the room than Manos the hands of fate. I, yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> and there's no Tommy Wiseau. And there's no, yeah, there's no, there's, there's no one funny like that. I mean, Torgo is kind of the closest, but he's even he's not that funny, really. He's funny because of how he looks and how he... Yeah, he's just kind of like, like twitching. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I had heard also that his the reason like his knees look like that and he walks funny is because he's supposed to have some kind of apparatus on his legs that make it look like he has satyr legs or, or like goat legs, but instead um, he put them on backwards. <laughs> so because of that, it just looked weird, and he wasn't able to walk correctly in them. It's like he's got big kneecaps. Like that's just really all it looks like. Yeah, it looks like he's got knee pads on. So you're telling me it was supposed to make his look like his legs were going back the other way, not? <laughs> yeah, it was supposed to be something like that. That's so weird. But he put them on backwards. That's what the legend is. <laughs> that's the legend. I've just yeah. I've I glanced over at the credits here on IMDb, and mm-hmm. do you know what they credit the two people in the car as? No. Teenager in car one and two. They don't even have names. They don't even have names, but teenagers? <laughs> really? Yeah, they're older than that. <laughs> they, they are they're our age. She's definitely a mom. Yeah, they're our age. <gasps> definitely. <laughs> Do you think I could be in a movie well, time? I don't know. Maybe times were harder back then. Do you think I could be credited as a teenager in a movie? I'll play a teenager. Is my hairline a problem? I don't think it should be. <laughs> no, you had that same hairline in high school, right? <laughs> totally, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's so not a great movie. But a pretty good episode. Oh, yeah. I've missed your sense. One of the classics. It's I'm pretty, glad you finally saw it. It's pretty good, yeah. Uh, notably, I, I, I was actually embellishing there. They're not even numbered. It's just teenager and car and teenager and car. And then master's wife, master's wife, master's wife, master's wife. After all that wrestling they did. <laughs> not even a character name. Not even a character name. For the resume. Nope. No, 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 no. Uh, the only people who have names are the family, Targo and the master. Everyone else is just, you know. I would think like the head wife would be on there, the blonde one that was you know, got the beating at the end. Oh, she might be. Was she Debbie? No, that's the daughter. Was she Margaret? I was awake, probably. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's got to be her, right? Oh, no, no. Uh, well, no, because what about uh, Michael's wife? Yeah, there's, there's only two uh, lady names on here. It must be the mum and oh, okay, the Okay, yeah. So I guess not then. We have six master's wives. That sounds about right. Yeah, there's a great moment when uh, when first the, the master awakens and then he has to awaken all of his brides yes. or all of, yeah, all of his wives and he has to do some kind of prayer to get them to awaken. And then it's, <laughs> the next shot is just him looking totally exhausted and they're just all like talking amongst themselves and like <laughs> it's so obnoxious sounding. And they're like... What was I thinking? <laughs> it's one of the best jokes. 
Yeah, it, yeah, it's basically that that thing where he's like, "Oh, my nagging wife. Why did I marry her?" But it's like multiply but by six. Time six. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's like, "Oh no, I'm surrounded by I'll women talk now." About Lanco makeup being too expensive, Ooh. and you gotta buy the whole set. You can't just buy one thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's why he puts them to sleep for months at a time. Yeah, don't have to spend as much on food and clothes if they're just in a coma. <laughs> Oh dear. Well, that's it. That's uh that's Manos, the hands of fate. <laughs> yeah. Those people in that car were way over twenty two, I'm just pointing that out there. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. Which we've established is clearly the age well not the age of consent, but clearly by twenty two you're of the age of consent. Uh, <laughs> it was a running joke for I, one I'm episode. Not approving this. It's a running episode for one joke. Measurement. I'll let it go. Cat. Cat <laughs> was pulling the cable for the speaker. He was making it turn. Uh, that was weird. Uh, but yeah, that's Manos the Hands of Fate. So uh, that is us. Um, still a healthy episode, but not the two-hour mammoth that last week's was. Um, I didn't think Men in Black would be. I think we got a, a, a decent conversation out of it. I think, yeah, I think that, was, that was fine. It was fun. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm certainly happy to watch it again. <laughs> yes, but next week... What are we doing, actually? I've forgotten. I, mean, I, need to check I don't know. Oh, it's a... Uh... Iron Man? What? Oh, yeah, not not that Iron Man. Don't don't get excited, folks. We're not doing Iron Man from, from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. We're doing <laughs> Tetsu the Iron Man, a foreign film. Um Ooh. Sounds classy. I'm looking forward to it. It's on a lot of best of lists and stuff like that, so uh should should prove interesting and give us some uh, meaty conversation at the the very least uh so yeah um you can look forward to to that if you want to try and track that down and watch it as well yeah feel free uh or wait until it's we tell a criterion you. It's is it i don't think so i don't think it's a criterion okay. it's not on your criterion app mm. <laughs> my elitist app that sassy little that head I bob know there you're so jealous of You're not getting your birthday present now. Um, that is <laughs> that has been the Atomic Cinema Experiment episode. Oh, uh, was this episode nine or ten? I don't know. I'm going to check because I, I want to know when it's ten. We should we should do a mini celebration when it's ten, right? Woo! I oh, I should I, I should hold back. Yeah, maybe nine. Don't celebrate too soon. Yeah, maybe don't go crazy nine. now. Yeah, don't, don't make yourself feel like yourself, Tara. Come on now. <laughs> Where are we? The last yeah, this is nine. So next next week, Tetsuo the Iron Man is going to be episode number ten. Episode ten, milestone. Look, look forward to it. Yeah, yeah. Trophy unlocked. Yeah, it's a great podcast. Tell your friends. Reviews on iTunes, <laughs> five stars, um, and all the other stuff I said before we got to the bonus. But uh, I won't do it all again. Not all just inside. So uh, Tara, any final points you would like to make before we say goodbye? Any final word? Doesn't have to be about the movies. It can just be a general statement. Uh, but anything that's been said in the show or uh, anything you just want to say and leave people with I'm sorry that I'm so tired for this episode <laughs> <laughs> hopefully it was still entertaining uh, I was hoping for something funny maybe, maybe insulting me a little bit <laughs> no I'm a nice person I don't insult you Not I'm not a mean person who would just make things up to insult you if I say something that's an insult it's a, just a healthy criticism <laughs> I think you should take me more seriously. 
Okay, episode ten. <laughs> I will take Tower more seriously. I promise. Uh, but that is that is us. As your elder. As your elder, yes. As my elder, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Apparently, I'm getting tired because now I can't speak. Uh, but that is uh, been Atomic Cinema Experiment episode nine. Thank you very much for watching and listening. We love you loads. We always appreciate it. We'll see you next time. Keep watching sci-fi movies, guys. And computer, add salsa. Yum yum.